There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm hoping the Big Ten has to modify their system for us. <laughs> Probably like getting grade 10 sandpaper rubbed on your face every day. I mean, we say it all the time, whether, you know, there's two types of turds, you're a sinker or you're a floater, but you're still a turd, right? I mean... Um, we're, we're, we are about players and players playing the plays and not necessarily the plays. Welcome to the Varsity Club Podcast. My name is Derek Peterson. Joining me this week, same as last week, I believe I had you on last week. Time is a flat circle. Steve Mark. Steve, hello. How are you? I'm doing great, Derek. Uh, just got back with, with the uh, just coming off the post-spring game stuff. So, yeah, a lot of, a lot of things to talk about and digest. So it's been, it's been a good time around here. You look rested. You look rejuvenated. A nice spring that didn't cause any sleepless nights or uh, any kind of long work hours or anything like that. There was nothing to talk about with Nebraska. You just kind of cruised right through spring. Nothing yeah. really going on. Yeah, not not quite. Um, yeah, there's plenty plenty to talk about. Um, but yeah, it was it was good to kind of get in the stadium with some people in it and and watch some watch some football. Two hand touch in the first half, and then um, yeah. a little bit of live in the second half. So it was good. So I want to talk to you about quarterbacks today. Um, I think on the on the spring kind of look ahead thing or look back, whatever you want to call it, that we did last week with uh, with Aaron yeah. and Brandon, we didn't touch much on quarterbacks. And I had Aaron on a week or two before that. We didn't talk about quarterbacks. Now that we're through the spring period, I want to talk about quarterbacks. So <clears throat> um, when I asked you to come on, I said, let's talk about the cubes. And you're like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> um, you uh, You missed out, man. You missed yeah, out apparently on, I did. <laughs> all the Verdusco verbiage was great. And I thought about, you know, it was it was great. It was great. I I will not say a bad thing about Mario Verdusco. He was excellent to me and and to us and uh he just had some he just had some funny sayings. He called quarterbacks cubes. Was it like every time cubes or did he toss in a it quarterback was, there every once in a while? It was pretty much every time. Every time <laughs> I talked to him it was it was it was pretty much every time. Dang. Um I'd be curious to know people listening to this podcast, like what your favorite Verdusco ism was. Cause you know, like with Bob Diaco, we had certain things, you know, everybody has their, their little, uh, you know, just their specific phrases that they like to toss out. I say y'all a ton. Uh Do you have one of those, Steve? Is there something that you constantly catch yourself saying that you then have to explain to other people? Dang. I mean, maybe they're, I'm not a y'all guy, um, but I understand because you're, it is a South thing. Yeah, you're from Oklahoma, so that would make sense. But uh, I don't know. I, I'm sure there is, but it's one of those things where I probably don't even like catch it myself or understand that I'm doing what I'm doing. You know what I mean? One of those um, those how I met your mother broken glass moments where when 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 it's pointed out to you, then that kind of glass shatters in your head, and you're like, oh god, yeah. I do that. That's terrible. Um. Anyway, so so Nebraska's got a quarterback competition. Yep. And. It doesn't seem like anything is settled coming out of the spring. Is that, is that a fair assessment? I'd say that, yeah, there's, there's nothing concrete right now, but you definitely have kind of like a, a leader in the clubhouse. Don't you think? Yeah. So yeah. then 
let's let's start here with them. Um, in the offseason, immediately after this, the, the regular season ended for the 2021 year, Nebraska was looking at a new offensive coordinator and replacing a quarterback that had been starting here for the last four years. Adrian Martinez is at Kansas State. <clears throat> now you have Mark Whipple in. You have Casey Thompson in from Texas. You have Chuba Purdy in. Do you feel better about the situation at quarterback now after going through the spring, after talking to coaches, after talking to the quarterbacks, seeing them play a little bit? I know you didn't get to see a ton of Casey Thompson in the spring game, but seeing a little bit of them, do you feel better now about where Nebraska's at at quarterback than you did, say, when you found out that Adrian Martinez wasn't coming back? Or was it a situation where, like, when you found out Adrian wasn't coming back, you're like, you were like Nebraska and thought, okay, best for both parties to move on and try to find something new. Yeah. I think that's kind of uh, accurate of what I was feeling like. I, I think that, you know, Adrian had done what he's done um, here at Nebraska. And I think it was just time for both parties to move on. I definitely understand what, where Adrian was coming from of just wanting to get out and try something new for his, for his last year in college football. I totally understand that. Um Look, I, I, I really like um, Casey Thompson. I, I, I think he handles himself like a starting quarterback, just like, you know, Adrian Martinez does. Um, I, I love what um, Casey, how he talks, I guess. I, and I really like um, just his experience and, and the bravado and the quiet confidence. Um, you know, Casey's not going to be, you know, he's, he's not like um, Trey Palmer, where I don't know if you watched Trey Palmer's first interview with the uh, interview, he's not going to like go out and kind of like make all of these um, kind of interesting and, and kind of showy quotes. Um, but he's, he's a definitely a confident poise um, dude, Casey Thompson. Um, so I, I really, I really think they brought in a good quarterback um, to lead the team into a very, very important kind of make or break season um, for head coach uh, Scott Frost in 2022 um, that, you know, for a season like this coming up, you, you don't want a quarterback who's going to be starting for the first time, like in college. And, you know, I think they went out in the transfer portal thinking they, they need to get a experienced guy who has been there and done that in college football before. And, you know, only like Casey Thompson was only a starter at Texas for one season really. Um, But, you know, I, I think he's, kind of gain the confidence and the experience that you need to feel comfortable with that guy going into um, 2022 with a different program and, and leading kind of a, a new tweak uh, offense that's going to have some tweaks in it compared to last year. So I definitely feel good about it, but am I going to be thinking that they're going to be lighting up scoreboards? Like, I don't, I don't think so at least right now, but you know, who am I to say that we, we haven't seen any of the practices and, and Saturday was by no means, any you shouldn't draw any conclusions from from what we saw Saturday first of all I would like to say that I love Trey Palmer's confidence there is nothing in football like a wide receiver or a cornerback's confidence nothing touches Um, but there are definitely guys that are more like I'm gonna walk the walk before I talk the talk yep and uh you know there's that's not to say anything bad about guys that you know like to pump their chest out a little bit before the season starts but um, yeah, it's interesting that, that Nebraska from, from a, you know, from a leadership standpoint, it seems like maybe not much is changing with Adrian because that was similar to the way that Adrian handled his business. Um, but I want to ask you this, you've looked at Casey, 
We've obviously seen Adrian. What are some differences in the way that you think Nebraska is going to operate if it is Casey Thompson at quarterback? I think less quarterback run. That might be like kind of the first one that pops out to me. Um, you you can do that with a guy like um, Adrian. Um, but I think with Casey Thompson and just from what I've seen with, with what he's done at Texas, he's more of a pocket quarterback who's more willing to maybe stay in the pocket and, and go through the reads and, and be a pass first quarterback. Whereas, you know, Adrian, I, I think he knows he's athletic and I know he thinks he can make, make plays happen with his feet. And I think he's more apt to kind of just pull the ball down and, and run, but that was kind of a byproduct of, you know, his surroundings at, at his entire career with Nebraska and, and the offensive line situation and how quickly the pass, pass rushes got to him in his career um, kind of just installed something in the back of his mind where it's like, okay, I only have like one read, two read, and I got to go or else I'm getting hit. So I, I think that's kind of uh, what, what Adrian was working with for almost all of his career at Nebraska. But uh, with, with Casey, I, you know, I, I was really impressed with um, his pocket presence. A lot of the quarterbacks on Saturday in the spring game from what we watched, I, I really liked how they hung in the, hung in the pocket. Of course, I knew they weren't going to get hit because um, they were in the green jerseys. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I really think that Casey Thompson is going to be a, you know, throw first quarterback wanting to go through his reads, read the defense and kind of find, find some people um, in, in the passing offense and, and put it on the, put it on, put it on their numbers. So I, I think that that's kind of like maybe where the, where the main difference is with uh, Adrian and, and Casey Thompson. Uh, let's add a little, a little news pin to this podcast We're recording this Thursday afternoon. Um, ESPN's FPI numbers came out uh, this week and an interesting little nugget in there. If you look at just big 10 teams, the percentage chance to win their division, Ohio state is obviously the overwhelming and presumptive favorite in the East, but the team most likely according to FBI to win the big 10 West is Nebraska at 29.2%. They are three tenths of a percentage point more likely to win the West than Wisconsin. So, I mean, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty negligible difference between those two teams, but just the fact that you've got Minnesota at 14.2%, Iowa at 13.9, Purdue at 13, Nebraska and Wisconsin leading the way. So FPI, there's clearly something about Nebraska that FPI likes. My question to you is there's been a bunch of stuff about Nebraska that we've liked over the last four years. And at the end of the day, there have been errors and mistakes at the quarterback spot and in the passing game or limitations in the passing game that have kept some of those other things from leading to wins, leading to a division title. So knowing what you know now about Nebraska's passing game, about the Mark Whipple quarterback X, probably Casey Thompson relationship, do you feel like Nebraska is should be viewed as a favorite to win the West or are you not there yet? No, I'm, I'm absolutely not there yet. I don't that is know. Completely fair. I'm right there with you. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I saw the FBI um, thing this morning and I'm just wondering like, what the heck are they looking at? Honestly, um, just, you know, looking at, you know, the defense, what, what the defensive front has, has lost with those three main contributors from last year of departing the program with Ben Stilley, DeAndre Thomas, and then big Damian Daniels. And then just the three stars in the defensive backfield that they need to replace with Cam Taylor Britt and two safeties with 
um, Markel Dismuke and, and Deontay Williams. There's just a lot of new faces in the defense. Um, and then on the offensive side, like, you know, the offensive line right now does not really um, make you confident, I guess, would be a, would be a, maybe an accurate term. Just there's a lot of new faces there too, including at, at center and the offensive tackles. Uh, both positions are, are kind of up in the air right now because the guys who normally would be leading the competition in there didn't go through spring because they're uh, rehabbing injuries. So, man, and on top of that, obviously a new quarter, we don't know how Casey Thompson is going to do. We don't know how Mark Whipple, that that offense that they've been working on and installing this spring, we don't know how that's going to look. Is it going to like pop right away against Northwestern? I doubt it. I mean, there's just a lot of questions right now. And, and I look at, you know, when the FBI comes out on top of teams like Wisconsin and Minnesota and Iowa, who have clear identities that they can like fall back to. And I look at Nebraska and like everything is basically new on the offensive side. I know the offense isn't going to be completely new, but it's going to have some tweaks in it and be more of a Mark Whipple attack. I just don't see, I just don't see Nebraska kind of being favored as a, big 10 west um champ i i don't see that at all yeah i'm right there with you um you got a, a little bit more of an extended look at logan smothers and heinrich hardberg yeah let's go to the race for number two it's an intriguing race isn't it yeah i want you to handicap it for me coming out yeah. of spring um so i went in to the spring game loving logan smothers as a backup and I think that he can do a lot of different things. I think he can, you know, do a lot of things on the football field that are that like he could do better than Casey Thompson and he could do better than Chubba Purdy. Um, and that's running the football. I think he's the best runner of uh, all those guys. Um, but what he what he lacks is maybe the arm strength and maybe the passing accuracy that maybe Chubba Purdy does have. Um, so I, I went into the spring game thinking that. Logan Smothers would be the backup quarterback, um, just my guess. And um, Chubb Purdy would be number three and Heinrich Harburg maybe number four. Um, after the spring game, just watching the little bit I did, um, the little bit of, you know, opportunity that Logan and Chubba did get, I really liked what Chubba showed. I really liked what Chubba showed. He was, you know, Logan had a really good deep ball. It fell incomplete because Quentin Newsom made a great play um, on Oliver Martin. Chubba Purdy had a really great throw. He completed a 27-yard pass to, I think it was on a, um, a corner route from tight end A.J. AJ Rollins, who was quickly ascending, kind of in my in my book at least. I really like what A.J. Rollins has showed at tight end. He seemed um, to be one of the big winners of the day. Absolutely. And then Heinrich, Heinrich had a beautiful, beautiful completion to John Goodwin, uh, a reserve tight end too. So they all showed something. Casey Thompson showed the least because he only threw it four times. But um, yeah, coming out of it, I don't know. I just really liked um, Chubba's presence in the pocket. He looked poised. He had zip on his passes. Um, you could tell that he's started, maybe started a college uh, football game before, even though it was only once against NC State. But I really liked what Chubba showed. And that doesn't mean that I don't like what Logan Smothers and Heinrich Harburg show, because there's a lot to like with Logan Smothers and what he can do in the quarterback run game. And there's a lot to like a light to lock. Uh, I can't talk right now. A light, a lot to you talk. Did it again. <laughs> I know there's a lot to like about Excellent. Heinrich Harburg. 
Yeah. He's six foot five. He's 200 pounds. He's fast. He's athletic. He's got a big arm, but man, he's just, he just needs reps to get better. And I don't know if he's going to find that right now. And that kind of kills me because I really like him. Just it's a cool in-state story. Um, but you know, as of right now, boy, I think Chubba Purdy has put himself in, into the talk for, for being a, a backup right now at Nebraska. And that's, and that's saying something because he's only been through three full practices, basically, because he, he came to Lincoln, was doing a lot of seven-on-seven, seven, working with the receivers. His foot started hurting, so he basically got shelved for like the five or six uh, weeks that spring was. And then he came back and um, kind of just did really well for, for not being able to practice uh, with the team reps for, for a long time there. Honest to God, truth. I was about to jump in and be like, "Lot to like," and then yeah, I know the, oh my, my brain did the exact same thing that you did. It started to be like, "Like to lot." I was like, "Nope, don't say anything, don't say <laughs> anything." So, <laughs> um, so okay, so let's. I mean, you and I both are, are very interested in in the backup battle. Oh yeah, and the backup battle certainly got more interesting as spring carried on. That being said, if you had you know, if you had asked non-local Nebraska people to look at Nebraska's roster prior to the spring and try to build the order in which they think the quarterbacks are going to fall in the depth chart, most everyone would say Casey Thompson, Purdy, and then some order of Harburg and Smothers. But Thompson and Purdy are going to be one and two. And I, I feel pretty confident and thinking that most people outside of the state of Nebraska would say that. So now here we are. Do you, do you want to, well, you I was going to ask you, would you, would you say that was because um, they would see that Chubba Purdy was coming from Florida state? Is that like why you would put like Purdy above? Yeah, um, I think other? so. I, yeah. I think, yeah, I think most people would just look and say, Nebraska has two completely unproven young guys at quarterback from a, yeah you know, from a previous coaching staff that let's face it, hasn't had a ton of success at the quarterback position since yeah. coming to Nebraska. Um, so, it, which is, you know, which isn't to say like, I, you know, I'm with you. I, I like pieces of Logan's game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I obviously like Heinrich. I've, I've chronicled him before. Um, but it, it, it gets interesting now that we're leaving the spring and you can look at it and say, well, it seems like maybe the most likely scenario is Casey Thompson one, Purdy two. So then what's going to happen with the two sort of holdover guys? Do you want to call them holdover guys? Because it's not breaking news to suggest that a team probably isn't going to go through a season in this day and age of college football with four scholarship quarterbacks sitting on the bench. Yeah, that's a lot. Or, or four, you know, three scholarship quarterbacks sitting on the bench, particularly mm-hmm. given the eligibility clocks mm-hmm. of the three guys that would likely be the backups. Um, now I know that Smothers and Harburg both talked during the spring and talked about how much they enjoy being in Lincoln and how much they like being in Lincoln and, and things like that. But, you know, I mean, things change when there are definitive answers and things change when you set a depth chart and put it to paper. Do you think things are going to change here? Or do you think Nebraska is going to be able to go through? Like I'm asking you, I'm asking you to project a little bit. I'm putting you on the spot. I'm sorry. But do you think Nebraska is going to be able to go through if it is Thompson one, Purdy two, and keep everybody in this room? No. Um, and that's just because 
I think that Logan Smothers and Heinrich Harburg want to play college football like in their careers and they need to go somewhere that that allows that to happen. And right now, especially for Heinrich, I don't think that that's going to be at Nebraska. And that kills me to say, because I really like him. And I like the idea of Heinrich Harburg, just a big, tall, fast guy with a huge arm. Um, But I just think that he might fare better somewhere else in a program that's looking and needing a, a, a quarterback like that. I think there's several programs I would love to take a Heinrich Harburg. Uh, do you agree? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. So, I, think, I, think, I think he could play. I think he, I think that he would do well if he just was given the opportunity to get game reps and keep getting better and develop like he needs to as like a young quarterback. But unfortunately I just don't see it at Nebraska. Um, no, so I yeah, think, I, 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 I think going. he needs to continue to develop. And oh, yeah. I would say the same thing about Logan Smothers. And so that is like the counter argument to the transfer portal. Like, would you prefer to develop with a guy like Mark Whipple, who, you know, has Kenny Pickett on his resume? Mm-hmm. Or would you prefer to go someplace that's quarterback needy now where, you know, maybe you're going to get game reps, but it's not going to be against the quality of competition that you would face in say big 10 defenses or, you know, the, the attention that you're going to get in practices from Nebraska's practice. Cause you know, Nebraska, the way that Nebraska structures its practice and the way that they have the rosters set up, it, it, I mean, it kind of lends itself to quarterback development a little bit more than say at other programs, because in the season, I mean, theoretically you're getting more reps than you would at a place that isn't rostering 150 guys and can go, you know, seven on seven or whatever on three different practice fields. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's exactly what Mark Whipple said. That's, that's one of the things that he really likes about Nebraska was the massive roster that yeah. allows them, the quarterbacks to go to all have like a bunch of reps because there's yeah. enough bodies to do it. And so, uh, yeah, but, uh, man, I, yeah, I really think that one, one of the quarterbacks could definitely just like, you know, test the waters and, and tra- test the transfer waters and, and see what's out there for them and kind of weigh the weigh their options and, and see what the best, you know, um, situation is for them. And in, uh, in, in that regard, upfront transparency and honesty is going to be real crucial over yeah. the next few months. Yes, exactly. Um, but I mean, but that's true. You know, that's true with any coach, with any situation on uh, any team in the country. So that's not, I'm not like, you know, throwing shade at Nebraska or any reason like that. Like that's true everywhere. Um, does Casey Thompson have the skill talent around him to be successful? I just keep, um, I like what he's got at receiver. Obviously there, I think there's a lot of talented guys um, in the receiver room. And I still think that after Xavier, Xavier Betts um, left the program, I think there's three really solid and almost four. I just, man at running back um Gabe Irvin has has popped up here and there from coaches now I really liked Gabe Irvin at the start of last season I think it was really cool how he handled himself on on like third and third and longs because I think that he really was out there because he was man enough to pick up a blitz on third down and I think he like he was just you could tell he was getting more comfortable learning how to be a, a division one college running back in his first, in his first games. And then that injury hit against Oklahoma and it sucked. Cause I really liked what Gabe Urban was, was starting to do. And 
He obviously he was getting better, no doubt. Yeah, he yeah, was for better. sure. He was definitely improving as a true freshman. I mean, you, we got to remember that these kids are so young. Gabe Urban was so young, and he showed really, really good potential. Um, but then that injury and injury happened, and it just derailed his season. But you know, he's back right now. He didn't go through spring, through spring, but I'm, I think that it's pretty pretty certain that he's gonna uh, maybe be closer to full health uh, at, at fall camp. So that throws another kind of option in um, Brian Applewhite's running backs room that I really like with Ramir Johnson, who's emerged as kind of the leader of that group. And he does things really well, whether that's catching, I think he's got the, one of the best hands on the team. Um, um, when, when, if you want to throw out of the, throw the back out of the backfield, Jack has Anthony Grant. Those are three, a uh, three solid, um, just rotation right there. And then you add a Gabe Urban, it just gets really, really crowded in there, uh, quick, but so, yeah, I, I like what surrounds, um, Casey Thompson at the skill positions, but I just can't get over that offensive line and, and what it's going to look like, um, especially in passing downs, are they going to hold up against opposing pass rushes? I don't know. I don't know. They showed some good things and run and and when they're putting their hand in the in the ground and 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 run blocking. I, I really like that. That I think that they're going to be better at that than pass rush and then pass blocking for sure. What'd you think of the the first kind of top line unit that went out there on the offensive line? It didn't look good. <laughs> um, especially at tackle. Um, I, I don't want to call anybody out, but just the backup tackles just didn't. They, they did not seem quick enough to handle what Nebraska had on the edges, whether that was Garrett Nelson, Jamari Butler, Blaze Gunnerson, Caleb Tanner. Those guys were all quicker and, and faster than Nebraska's tackles. And it just, man. And then you had Nash Huckmacher kind of, you know, giving, giving Nebraska's center uh, Trent Hickson a ride every other play almost. I mean, Nebraska's defensive line, really, really had its way with the offensive line for sure on Saturday. And it just, you know, Turner Corcoran and Teddy Brahaska can't come back soon enough, really. And, but, but then you think about those two and it's like Teddy Prohaska had a hell of a season de- debut season for his true freshman year last year, but he just didn't play a lot because the, unfortunately he went down with that season ending injury against Michigan um, a day, a game after he entered the starting lineup at tackle he showed good things, but we don't know how he's going to handle a full game slate with Turner Corcoran. He didn't have that great of a year last year. Nobody really did on, on the offensive line. Maybe Cam Jurgens um, obviously um, showed some good things because he's likely going to be drafted um, now pretty highly, but Turner Corcoran also has to work on things too. It's not like he's going to come in and be the savior as well. Bryce Benhart, another guy who, who kind of struggled last year um, trying to block um, edge rushers. So there's just so many questions along the offensive line. Yeah. Um, you're in an interesting spot when a player who is coming back from injury and started once, right? As a true freshman before getting hurt. How many games did he start? So he's uh, Prohaska. Yeah. So he his first start was Northwestern and then – the next game he started was Michigan the week after, and that's when he got his season-ending injury. Okay, two. So not a ton of reps. No. Nope. And clearly not a full season. Nope. 
you're in a weird spot when you're holding that guy up as sort of the, well, when we get him back, our offensive line is going to be better. Um, Turner I Corcoran, feel the same way with Turner too. Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a lot to ask of these guys, isn't it? It's I don't like, 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 I don't want to pick on Turner Corcoran for a second, but it does need to be pointed out that I'm looking at PFF's numbers right now. There were four offensive linemen at the FBS level last season that qualified for their, for their grades based on number of snaps played. There were four linemen that earned a 0.0 pass blocking grade. One of them was Turner Corcoran who allowed the most pressures of any offensive lineman in the country. 60 second was 46 um, was not a good year. Nope. And the, the point that you made about, <laughs> I was like, Hey, let's talk about quarterbacks on this podcast. And here we are talking about the offensive line. So it goes hand in hand, but this is what happens. It does go. Um, hand in. Yes. The point you made about quickness, about not being able to move. I wrote a thing um, for the website a year or two ago about how Nebraska was building the biggest offensive line in the big 10 biggest by, they just wanted dudes that had massive frames. So they got six, seven, six, six across the board. Yep. The biggest question with that was, okay, you're adding these massive human beings. Are they going to be able to move? Mm-hmm. And so far, very few of the guys that they've added have been able to move. Yep. And you know, like guys like Brant Banks don't get on the field because they're not quick enough with their hips. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I the, mean, uh, and especially when they're going against, you know, kind of the smaller edge types, like Garrett, like Garrett Nelson, who said he's up 10 pounds, but he's still like a six foot three, 250 pound edge. And then you got Caleb Tanner, who's like six, three and like 225, 230. Those guys have bend. They have, um, they have really good hand technique and they just went right around right around those tackles. It was just honestly amazing, amazing to see. Throw Jamari I know Butler in there too. And everything, but yeah, throw Jamari Butler in there too. He had an interesting Absolutely. Game. I'm really excited about Jamari Butler. I really hope he gets game reps and consistent game reps and, and provides solid, solid depth behind um, Nelson and uh, Tanner. Absolutely. How do you feel about Anthony Grant? Is he one of your winners from the spring game? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, and before I get into this, I, I'd like to say um, about Anthony Grant's long touchdown run that Simon Odie, the former York Duke, likely would have had a TFL on that play if it was live. However, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> what Grant showed before You're trying that, to take a touchdown away from him. Come on. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm, I'm a bad person. Anthony Grant. It was great. What Grant showed was he has the movement skills that really made you like go, whoa. Like those jump cats, I mean, those are great. Those were absolutely great. He did two of them and then um, showed the burst to get around Tommy Hill um, on the edge and kind of outrun Tommy Hill. So that was, yeah, I mean, it looks like he's got the whole package. He's tough. He's He's got a little bit of a wiggle to him. He's big. He's physical, I feel like. He's, boy, it, it looked like a lot like what he showed at New, New Mexico Military Institute, and that's kind of what – what Brian Applewhite has kind of said that he's seen too. So that was really fun to watch. I, I thought Ramir Johnson ran really, really hard too. I mean, that's, that's just who Ramir is. It's something clicked in his head and, and now he's going to be a, a leader of that room. And um, yeah, I mean, Anthony Grant, Ramir Johnson, Jacques Yant, those that's, that provides a solid three for me. 
One last question for you, and then we'll get you out of here. Um, and we'll kind of sort of go back to the passing game, like there's an impact on the passing game. After the spring, now you've got a spring period to talk to Mark Whipple, to talk to Scott Frost. What are your thoughts on the working relationship between those two men? Okay. Um, so me personally, and this I, is not leading. I don't, I, 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 just to be clear, I'm not leading you in any one direction. I'm, I'm very curious about this. Yeah. And I've, I've thought this just from uh, listening and kind of interacting with, with Mark Whipple is he is a 40 year, over 40 years um, veteran coach, right? He has been there. He's done that. He knows he has seen almost every defense that you could see. And he has an answer, just like everybody has said, he has an answer for almost every defense. I have a hard time believing that um, Mark Whipple or I guess Scott Frost is going to tell Mark Whipple how to do his job. Right. I, 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 I think that that's the vibe I get. I think that Scott Frost is going to hand the keys over to the Corvette to Mark Whipple and it's going to be Whipple's show. I, I don't think that like in the beginning of the, of the spring, Whipple said that it's going to be a collaborative effort and sure like of, of course it is I think when they're building and, and installing the offense I think Scott's going to um, tell Whipple what he wants um, some aspects of the offense to be and, and Whipple's going to take that and um, you know do with it what he wants but at the end of the day um, I don't think there's going to be a lot of telling Mark Whipple what to do or really on, on game days I think it's going to be his show because he knows um, how to run it and you know it's, it, it's going to be his baby I believe putting a ticket down on Nebraska over nine and Nebraska to win the big 10 West. That's all I needed to hear. I'm in, I'm all in. I, I didn't go all I needed to hear. <laughs> That's all I needed to hear. Yeah. If this is not Frost's show anymore, if this is Mark Whipple's show. Uh, then, like, uh, what do you think? What do you think there? It's, I mean, you know, that's all I needed to hear. Mark Whipple just what won 11 games at Pitt with his offense. If this is the Mark Whipple show then I'm all in Heisman trophy for Casey Thompson. Bowl game for what if Nebraska? it's like the Mark? What if it's the Mark Whipple show from his first season at Pitt or his second season and not his third? Well, I mean, it's not. It's not going to be the Mark Whipple show from his third season. He, you know, no, it's not. Kenny, Kenny Pickett's so. going to be a top ten pick in the NFL draft. Like Nebraska doesn't have a top ten pick at quarterback. No. Sorry to Casey Thompson, but that's 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 a fact. Um, yeah. And you know, we got to see it from the wide receivers and. I don't feel good about the offensive line. No. So we'll, uh, yeah, I just, yeah. I, I mean, we'll you see. bring up a good point. He, he had a excellent offense at, at Pitt and he had a heck of a quarterback to do it with who was experienced and as you know, everything just clicked perfectly for Pitt in 2021. I just don't see it clicking at least right away uh, for Nebraska and Ireland against Northwestern. He, he also, by the way, and this kind of gets glossed over, he had a Bolitnikoff winning wide receiver, Jordan Addison. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, that helps. Um, and like, I do feel better about things. Um, I feel good about things. I feel good about Nebraska's chances to make a bowl game. Um, you look at the FPI numbers, Nebraska has a 93 and a half percent chance to win six games. Um, I'd say that's fair. Nebraska last year had like a 93% chance to win six games um, or something absurd like that. So, you know, I, I think Nebraska's expected win total based on points last year was six or something close to six. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 
I don't, it's not it's not doom and gloom anymore. You know, we're just talking about can they get to can they well, win a div- can they win a division? <laughs> I ugh, I don't know. I, I don't no. think they win the division. No. no. <laughs> Wisconsin is good. Purdue's good. If Purdue has a defense, I saw you and Brandon talking about this in the Slack channel. Their spring game. If Purdue has a defense and Aiden O'Connell, that's an interesting bunch for Jeff Brown. Yeah. And I know that they lost um some receiver talent, but at a place like Purdue, I think Purdue is becoming a program that like every year there's going to be a guy who steps up. Like maybe it's Tyrone Tracy who transferred from Iowa. That that might be my pick. Um uh so I, I just think that someone's gonna step up as kind of their go-to receiver, just like they've had for like the past three or four years. Agreed. I think Jeff Brom is that good. Yeah, agreed. I'm with you. All right, man, you got to go. You got stuff you got to do. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I uh, I appreciate you giving some time and talking about the cubes. Yeah, I'm going to start calling them cubes now. Thanks, Derek. There you go. Yeah. We'll be back next week with another one. In the meantime, keep reading HailVarsity.com. Steve and the whole HailVarsity team had a bunch of stuff up on the website this past weekend and week recapping the spring game, recapping the spring, looking ahead, go read it all. Go to hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe to make sure you can read it all and that you're getting the magazine. Also, this podcast is a proud part of the Herd App Media Network, as are a handful of other Hail Varsity podcasts from some of your favorite writers. So go to hailvarsity.com backslash network to find those. You can get them wherever you listen to podcasts. Shouts to Cam for producing this episode every week and to you guys for listening. We'll be back next week. A Hood at Media Production.